Let's get cracking. So today's daf is Lamed Gimel, okay, page 33. We are currently holding towards the bottom of Lamed Beis, Omed Beis, 32b. And we're up to the words, Ve'af Rav Papa Hodar Bey, which is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 lines from the bottom of the page. Go to the bottom of Lamed Beis, Omed Beis, and count 14 lines up. Um, we are. You're going to find the words, the Afra of Papa Hodarbe, and we stopped here because this Gemara goes till about ten to fifteen lines down on today's daf. Before we get involved in another halacha, the main thing for this sugya, really the main idea, is to just keep focus as to what's happening and what we're trying to do, and that's like this. Yesterday, at the end of the Gemara, Rav Papa explained Abba Shaul to be of the opinion that in order to be obligated when you eat the truma of a Kayan, we said that luck is you pay back the principal plus a fifth. In order to be obligated to pay back a fifth, you have to eat at least the value of a pruta. And it also needs to be the measurement of an olive. It has to be the measurement of an olive. That is how Rav Papa explained Abba Again, that in order to be obligated to pay back a, the Kohen, a Chomesh, for eating Shuma, you're going to have to eat at least the size of an olive for it to be considered Achila. And it also must have the value of at least the Shavapruta. This way... You have value, plus you'll add a fifth to whatever value. So far, so good. Okay. That was yesterday. For the next 20 to 25 lines or so, we're going to bring down a totally separate halacha having to do with levels of consequence, kares greater than malchus, or is misa greater than kares, kares, would have a whole back and forth. But the point of all this is going to be for the next 20 to 25 lines. At the end of that Gemara, we're going to see that Rav Papa is obviously of the opinion that you only, you're going to be high of even if you only have a Shavapruta without it being a Kazayas. Okay? And that's going to be the issue. Not an issue, but this is why the Gemara is going to say Rav Papa obviously backed out. Again. To repeat, what's going to be happening? Rav Papa until now has said, in order to pay back a karim v'chaymish, you need to have eaten a kezayis and have a shavapruta. We're going to see on uh, soon that Rav Papa actually is of the opinion that as long as you ate a shavapruta, you have to pay a karim v'chaymish. It has nothing to do with a kezayis. Okay. And therefore, it must be that that Repuppa backed out of his original opinion. That's going to be the purpose of the next 25 lines, and that's going to be our goal. The Seder, let's read it now. 14 lines from the bottom of Lamed Beis, Lamed Beis, V'yaf Repuppa, Hodr Repuppa, who said previously that in order to be Kachayev, Kerem B'chaymish, you need to have both Kezayis and the Shavapruta, backed out. How do I know he backed out? The time because... 
we learned in a brisa concerning me'ila. Again, when you chayav on me'ila, for using something that belongs to hektish unintentionally. The brisa says, a person who by mistake uses hektish, this excludes somebody who does, who uses hektish b'mezid. If you use hektish b'mezid, you're not chayav on me'ila. Seder? Says the Gemara, why do I need the Pasuk of the Chata Bishkaga to tell me that Me'ila is only when it's unintentional? I'll know it from a logic. I would have logic from a Kabachimer to teach me this halacha. Just like other mitzvahs or Averis. Okay? Now, the word mitzvah, we use it to, be, to mean reward. But the word mitzvah really means a command. Right? Oh, I did a mitzvah. Like a good thing. It's also a mitzvah when we do an avera, meaning we're commanded to not do averas. Right? So, just like by other mitzvahs, chayv lem karis. Other things that you eat, you're going to be chayv karis. For example, Rashi says, you eat forbidden fats, you eat blood, where there's a chayv karis. But you're not going to bring a carbon if you purposely ate forbidden fats or you purposely ate blood, there's no chi of carbon. So, uh, which has less, which uh, uh, does not have a chi of kares. Rather, it's misa bidei shamayim. Okay, we're going to see soon the nafkamina. Or, you know what, let's explain it now. The difference between kares and misa bidei shamayim is that kares knocks you off from olam haba as well. A person who's chayiv kares loses out on their olam haba. A person who gets misa bidei shamayim um, leaves this world earlier, but doesn't have the same amount of disconnect of ganeda. So kares is more severe than misa bidei shamayim, because kares you completely lose your ganeda. So miila shem bakares, miila doesn't have kares. Rather, it's misa bidei shamayim. Ain't as amazing. How much more so should we say that if you do a bemezit, it is potter? The Gemara says, no, it's a bad Kabbalah Chaymer. When it comes to eating forbidden fats and blood, there's no Chiyav Misa B'day Shemayim. You're going to say, but when it comes to Mila, there is Misa B'day Shemayim. Therefore, it says, Bishkaga, Prat Lamezid, which is coming to exclude uh, doing it. Now, according to this step of the Gemara, Rashi explains, this step of Gemara wants to imply that Misa Bidei Shamayim is actually more severe than, uh, than Karis. Okay? Now, uh, because if you focus on the actual punishment, um, if you focus on the actual punishment, so it's Shaykh to, to view Misa Bidei Shamayim uh, as being more severe, and that's Pratlamiza. But let, you know what? Let's focus on this for a moment. Let's focus on this discrepancy between Karis and Misa Bidei Shamayim and why they're arguing. One viewpoint is that kares is, is more machmir, kares is more severe, because you, there's, like a, there's a complete cutoff, okay? Um, Rashi quotes the Gemara here that says that you, you die, you, a person could die young, a person could lose their children, a person loses their ganeden, that's all kares. Bisabide Shemayim is, um, is, um, a person is mechoyev, like it's a, a person could could die, 
but it could even be above the age of 60. Kari is going to be die young, you lose your kids, you lose your Ganeiden. Misa Dei Shemayim seems to be uh, a little bit less. Okay? Now, Kari says, well, um, also is only going to help. Let's say somebody uh, does uh, tshuva. Why that word, word escaped me? If somebody does tshuva, right? So, um, Kares will actually be a kapara for him, and he can regain his Olam Haba. If he dies young, and he did tshuva, so he actually will not be cut off for Olam Haba. Um, you can also say that Misa uh, Bidei Shemayim, that happens automatically. Misa Bidei Shemayim also could be more lenient in this way, in that um, you, uh, as long as a person dies young, even if they don't do tshuva, they can go to Gan Eden as well. S- says the Gemara in response, that was step one, that Karis is more machmer than Misa Bidei Shemayim. Says the Gemara in response, no. You don't look at it like that because... When you have, let's say, forbidden fats and blood, which is going to obligate you in curries, there's no chi of misa shemayim. There's chi of curries. There's no chi of misa shemayim. By me'ila, that has misa shemayim, that can actually, um, that can actually be worse. Now, there's a very interesting Rashi here. Now, the reason why it's interesting is because Rashi says the reason why misa shemayim could be worse is because you lose out financially on Misa Bidei Shemayim, which doesn't necessarily happen to Kharis. So once you're taking finances into the equation, suddenly Misa Bidei Shemayim has a Chumrah over Kharis, has a Shrinzi over Kharis, and that's really what the Gemara wants to respond in step number two, that, okay, granted you find Chumras that Kharis has those over Misa Bidei Shemayim, which we, we counted plenty, yeah, you will find... A stringency that Mizdei Shemayim has over Kares as well, which is the financial, uh, the financial uh, liability, the financial loss. So Talmud Laimar Bishkaga. And therefore, since you can find Chumras of Misa Bidei Shemayim over Kares, therefore it lets us know Bishkaga Pratlamazin. You're only Chayev Me'ila on the Kara and the Chaimish, the Karban, if. You did it by mistake, not if you do it on purpose. Okay, fine, period. That is the back and forth. As of now, this has no connection to our Gemara yet. Again, keep in mind, ultimately, there's going to be an opinion of Rav Papa that we're going to come across about this that's going to show us that he backed out of our halacha. That's going to be the point of, uh, of all this. The Yomar and I'm sorry, Biomarle Rav Nachman Yitzchak Levchiyah Baravin. And Rav Nachman Yitzchak says to Levchiyah Baravin, "Hi Tana Mei Kari Leima LaKaris." This Tana, who holds that Karis is more Machmir, Ulu Besayif Alim Alei Misa. And in the end, he um, we're giving a logic that Misa seems to be more Machmir. So which one is it? Biomarle. So he said to him, "I'll tell you, Hachi Kamar." Here's really how Karis and Misa B'Dei Shemayim balance out. When it comes to uh, to other mitzvahs, now mitzvahs again, remind ourselves, means commandments. By regular commandments, because Baruch Hu does not give Misa B'Dei Shemayim if you eat less than a Kazayas. The Torah 
make somebody chayav misa pachas mikazayis. Okay, so you see that that meila itself it, is like in its own category because it, it's unique in that you could be chayav on meila even if it's not even considered a shir achila. So it's not a vart. We had a question. I right, which one is it? Make up your mind. Which one's more? Which one's more uh, machmir? The answer is that it's not a vart. It's not a. It's not a concept that misle shemayim is more machmir than karis. What the Tana wanted to let us know is that meila, meila, which has misle shemayim, can end up being more machmir. That you don't even need achila. You don't even need to be a kezayis. To clarify without the words of the Gemara right now, to put into our own, to our own language. In the Gemara's Kasha, the Gemara asked, the Tana first gives reasons why Kares is more Machmir, and then he gives like one reason why Bez Deshmaim is more Machmir. So j- just tell me which one it is. J- just tell me, what's the bottom line? Which one's more Machmir? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you. Kares is more Machmir. So why does he bring up that there's a chumrah of Me'ila, which is Misa Shemayim? That's not Misa Shemayim. That's a din of Me'ila. Me'ila has to be very strict that you could be chayav on Me'ila even when you don't eat a kezayis. Usually you need to eat at least a kezayis. Forbidden fats. You're chayav karis. When? When you eat a kezayis. Blood. Congealed blood. You're chayav. When you eat all these things, kezayis. All of a sudden, Me'ila, you're going to be chayav when it's less than a kezayis. That's the chumrah. The chumrah is a din of Me'ila. It's not a din of Misa Shemayim, and that's what our Tana means. That's how Rav Chiyah Barovin explains. V'yomar lei, so he said back to him, Tanuach da'itcha, you're, uh, you should relax, Shehanachta as da'iti, you made me happy, I like your explanation. V'yomar lei, Maini chusa, why are you so happy with what I said? What I said is not so great. The rabbi of Rav Sheshes broke it with an axe. This logic that I just told you actually was uh, broken down already. Why? And, 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 my, and my explanation is actually not a good one. Because man shamisle the Omar, who was the one who taka holds, top of today's daf now, top line on Lama Gimla Madala, hizid b'me'ila b'misa, a person who purposely was over on me'ila that yerchai misa b'day shamayim, rebihi. It's the opinion of Rebbe. The time we learned in the Brisa, Hizabimila, a person who on purpose gains from Hektish, and he's over on Mila. Rebbe Yomer Bimisa. Rebbe says you get Misa Shemayim. Bacham Yomer Bazar. Bacham say you just transgressed the lav, but you're not going to be chayav Misa Shemayim. My time with the Rebbe. What's the reason for Rebbe that if you purposely transgress uh, and benefit from from uh, Hektish, that you're chayav Meila and Misa Shemayim? He learns out the word chet, chet from truma. Ma truma b'misa, just like a person who purposefully eats truma of a kayan. And it says the word chata, so to by meila, where it says the word chet, b'misa, it means yachai misa b'dei shemayim. Again, if you transgress meila on purpose, you're going to be chai misa b'dei shemayim. Okay? Says the Gemara, the fifth line. Um, umina, and from this Kzera Shava, I'll say Matruma Bekazayas, just like Truma, if you eat it on purpose, when do you become Chayav Misa Bide Shamayim? Only when you eat the size of an olive, you eat Truma the size of an olive, that's when you become Mechoyev. Afmila Bekazayas. 
So to Meila, you're, you're only Chayav Mikazayas. Now listen to this. Umaskifla Rav Papa. Here's the point of everything. And Rav Papa asked the question. Asked the question. And he says, Memai de Rebbe Karabonon Svirale. How do you know Rebbe holds like the Rabbanon Domak Abashol Svirale? Maybe Rebbe holds like Abashol. And what's her, how's Rebbe going to quote Abashol? So again, let me remind ourselves. Don't get confused. Previously, Rebbe Papa said Abashol holds in order to be Chayav, you need a Kezayas and a Shavapruta. He says, maybe they hold like Abashol. What does Abashol say? Ta'omar Yeshba Shavapruta, Afal Gav the Lesbe Kezayas. Abashol holds, if it has the value of a Shavapruta, and it's not a Kezayas, you're still going to be high of Misabidei Shamayim. So it must be Rav Papa from Amud Bey is backed out. And he really holds, in Abashol's opinion, in order to be Mechoyev and Me'ila, you only need Shavapruta, you do not need Yidah Kezayas. Baharav Papu, Domar Abashol, Tartibai, El Hashmami, Noah, Hadar Bey, period. End of the Gemara's point that we started from today. Shmamina, beautiful. Okay. Now that we quoted the Brisa, classic Gemara, now that we quoted the Brisa to prove that Rav Papa's understanding of Abishol changed and he backed out, by bringing this outside brisa of kares and misubide shemayim and meila, so we're going to stick on it and we're going to focus on this brisa. So here we go. says, I'm going to explain this brisa to you right now. Here's the brisa. If you're going to say that by shar mitzvahs, by other uh, forbidden actions, where um, the Torah did not make it, the Torah doesn't make a shaygeg like amazing. Let's say, for example, for example, a person wants to um, uh, pull something that he thought was cut from the ground. I want to pick up a handful of grass. I think that this grass, I, I thought it was detached. I didn't know it was still connected. By mistake, you know, I was like, oh, whoops, like, I tried picking up grass, and next thing I know, like it ripped out of the ground. I'm shocked. I, I was I was so confident that the grass was already out. So Allah is putter. Okay? You're putter. Taimar Bemila. But what's Allah by Mila? Shem Niskabin Lhishamim Begizechun. Fascinating Allah. What if you have um a person wants to make a wool coat. And he thinks that the wool that he's using did not have Kedusha. And instead, you used wool that belonged to the Beis HaMikdash. Okay? So, is that Me'ila or not? 
What are you going to say? In that scenario, is that Meila? Here's what happened. Here's what happened. The guy's got wool. Let's say he has, let's say he's got, he knows there's Hulin wool and he knows there's uh, Truma wool. He knows there's both. Uh, not Truma, I'm sorry. Wool from Ayla. That's the case of the Brysa. Um, by mistake, he picks the wrong pile. He picks the wrong wool and he puts, he puts uh, the wool that was from the carbon Ayla into the coat and now he's putting on a coat. So um, the halacha is that it's going to be a transgression, but it's not going to be considered me'ila. Why? Because over there, he intentionally put something on. He just made a mistake as to what it was. It wasn't a complete, uh, a complete shaygate. So therefore, the same way we find that there's a chumra of, we'll call it uh, hektish, Truma, all these things that belong to the base of Mikdash. Over other Averais that we say, oh, all of a sudden we're going to be Machmir on you. So Mamela, we could be Machmir as well and say, you know what? The same way you're Machoya by a carbon for a Shaigig will make you Machoya by a carbon, even if you did it. Bemaze it. Rav Nachem Bar Yitzchak Gamar. Rav Nachem Bar Yitzchak says, no. Hachi Kamar. Layim Amr. This is what we mean to say to show a difference between. The Meila and every and every other Avera. Layam Amri Pishar Mitzvah Shekain Lo Mischaya Behem Shemis Asik Kimis Asik. By other Averais, you say you're not going to be Chayav like a Enemisasik as if he is Misasik. Okay. Now here's the halacha of Misasik. Misasik is if you're involved in one action that uh, is, um, you 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 were involved in one action that you thought is permitted, and the Maisa turns out to be an Avera. Okay. So for example, a person thought he's picking up uh, cut grass. And instead it happened to be attached to the ground. That wasn't your intent. Okay? Now, here's a case of misasik. Why do, here's a classic case of misasik. Misasik means I was involved in something else and I ended up doing an Avera instead. I.e. Um... I am I'm walking that's misasik I'm busy I'm walking I'm walking across grass it happens to be grass is going there may be grass that gets disconnected from the ground is this considered an action of reaping harvesting or is it considered an action of walking and therefore it's okay Halacha of misasik means, from the word being isik batayr, yeah? you're involved. If you're involved in another activity that happens to lead to a malacha, you're potter. That's in general. Hilcha Shabbos, Hilcha's other things. Okay? So here's the case, here's the, uh, Rashi explains our case as follows. A guy bends down to pick up grass, he thought it was detached. Turns out it was attached, and he's hold, he happens to be holding a knife because he, he, he's holding a wand to conduct a choir on Shabbos. Yeah, they're singing at the Shabbos table, and he ends up cutting grass. All right, he's misasik and something else. Fine. Timer b'meila. Can you say the same halacha applies to meila? Shem We know that there's no halacha of misasik by meila. Misasik is a petur by Hoch Shabbos. Misasik is not a petur by meila because the halacha is shem haishit yodai. 
If a person sticks his hand into a vessel to, to grab an object, guess what happens? A guy sticks his hand into the cookie jar. And inside the cookie jar has oil that's hectic. So now you smeared oil by yourself. You were misasik in getting a cookie. But the Misa, you smeared oil yourself. What's the halacha? It is considered me'ila. Memela, you see me'ila as a rule, is much more stringent, is much more strict than mitzvahs in general. And therefore, you can't learn out any sort of leniency of me'ila from a kavachaymer. The only, if you ever want to learn <coughs> a leniency of me'ila, it's going to have to be a, the Torah telling me. Because mitzad logic, there are so many reasons why me'ila is more machmir than every other, than every other transgression. That, that uh, if you're ever going to want to find the leniency, the Torah is going to have to tell it to me directly. Okay, so that's basically the, that's basically the Shaka Vitaria. Again, we had a question. Wouldn't it be logic to tell me that Me'ila could be more lenient? Torah says, no, we have too many reasons that it's Machmir. If you want a leniency, that's why we need the Zerah Shava of Chetchet. Period. Okay. We're totally done. We focused on that Brisa because we needed it for a Papa. Now we're done. We're going back into Hilchas Pesach. Here we go. Amar Mar, the Tana taught us. Tana taught us. Brand new discussion. When do we say, let's remind ourselves when we spoke about this. When do, uh, here's what happened. Here's the story. Before we say Amar Mar, here's the story. A guy's got chametz on Pesach. And he separates truma. Is it truma? No, because it's on Pesach. So how do you have chametz dika truma? It must be you separate it before Pesach, and you let. So now it has the status of truma, and and now it's uh, now on Pesach. It's chametz truma shavulav Pesach, right? So here we go. When do we say that you, there's the possibility of, of Truma being Chametz? I separated Truma before Pesach. Now it became Chametz um, on Pesach. But let's say first it was Chametz and then you turn it to Truma. There's no such thing. You can't on Pesach take your Chametz and say, oh, I'm now declaring Truma. This Chametz is Aser Bachila, it's Aser Bana. It's not yours. Get out of here. This is not Truma. It's not valid. Says the Gemara Menonimili. Where do you know this from? Amar of Nachmar Yitzchak, Amar Krah, the Tiger says, Titan Law, you got to give it to a Kayan, not something that the Kayan's going to have to burn, right? The, the Truma has to be something that, that, that is or was capable of the Kayan using. And since the Kayan can't use it, so it has no status of Truma. Masa Verhuner Beid Yeshua. The vulnerability of Shu has a challenging question. You're not allowed to separate Truma Tameya from Truma. Um, you're not allowed to separate um, Truma from Tame produce. Now, we're not dealing with, let's clarify, we're not dealing with produce that became Truma and then became Tame. What happened was like this I harvest all my grain, it became Tame. After it was Tameh, I separate the Tameh Dika grain as Truma. Okay? In 
other words, until now we were learning, I separated my truma, and my truma became tummy. Now what? So, here's the case though. There's a Mishnah that says, everything was already tummy. And now I separate truma. You're not allowed to separate truma from produce that was already tummy for something that is tahar. Doesn't work. Okay? Let's say a person did separate tummy truma for tahar dika produce. Shuma say truma is valid. Why is it valid? The kayan can't eat it. Listen to this case. All of my stuff is tummy. All of my stuff is tummy. Or what if I have... Forget that case for a minute. I have a pile of tummy produce and a pile of tar produce. They both need truma to be separated. Tummy produce, tar produce. I need to separate truma. Says the Brisa, says the Mishnah, I can't separate extra produce from the tummy pile and say, oh, this is truma for even for my tar stuff. It doesn't work like that. Why? Because it says, when you give truma, it's got to be something the Kayan could use. It's got to be for him and not for his fire. So what's the kasha? What's the kasha? Previously, we said that tells me if he ever can't, if it's ever not fit to use, it's not going to be valid as Shuma. But over here, we said if you did it Bishaigig, it is valid. Why is it valid if you separated from Tomei for Tahar Bishaigig? Why is it valid? The Pusuk says it's got to be something the Kohen could use, and he can't use it. Shtaka challenge. Does Gemara know? Not a Shtaka challenge, like Kasha. Very, very important idea, which we're going to focus on for the next little bit, and that's like this. By truma that became Tomei, it used to not be Tomei. Something that used to not be Tomei can gain the status of Tuma. Of, of, uh, of something that used to not be Tomei, even though it is Tomei now, could become truma. However, something that never had a Shas HaKaisher, you can't. For example, something that, was, that was, uh, wasn't cut yet prior to Pesach, and it became Chametz. became Chametz when it was uh, still connected to the ground. So it never had the opportunity to not be Chametz. Now it's, I'm separated, now I'm making a Truma. No, never had a Shas HaKaisher. Now why does Shas HaKaisher, an oppor- that you need to have at least had, had the opportunity to be Truma? What does it matter? Right now it can't be Truma because it's tummy. What does it matter? Oh, once upon a time it had the opportunity. Yes, yeah, so what? So the Gemara is going to explain. What is this story of Lai Haishalai Sasa Kaisher? How do you ever have produce that never even had the privilege or opportunity to become Truma? It became Chumitz while it's still attached to the ground. Okay, now this is very interesting, and this has to do with Shmura Matzah, and you may be familiar with some pictures in the centerfold of the Ated, of Rebbe's, Rosh Hashiva's going out to the wheat fields, 
to make sure that the the grain is mamish stays dry the entire time. I don't understand. It's out in the field. What's the problem? So there there may be an issue for the following scenario. While wheat is reaching its maturity, it's impossible for it to become chametz. Why? Rain falls on it. Yeah, of course rain falls on it. That's how wheat grows. That's how anything grows. You have sun and you have rain. So isn't everything chametz then? You know, how do you ever have matzah? It comes from wheat. The wheat had water. So uh, I don't understand what's going on. So the scenario can be when the farmer didn't cut down the wheat fast enough. And it already was fully grown. It was fully grown wheat. And the, the, the farmer left it there. Even while it's not gaining from the rain anymore. Okay? So now it's in, the, it's in a, a strange state. Why? The halach of truma is that you can only set aside truma for something that's detached. But chametz can already become once it's reached, its fu- once it's fully grown. So now I have a possibility of something that never had a shasa kaisher. It never had the ability to become truma, but it still has the ability to become chametz because it's fully grown. But if the produce uh, became chametz when it was separated from the ground, now it could become truma because it had a shas hakaisher. Asks the Gemara, here's the challenge. Who in their right mind would think that when a Mishnah is discussing a Shas HaKaisher and Shalaiba Shas HaKaisher, we're dealing with the random case of fully grown wheat that the guy didn't harvest? Come on! That's the, if you want to teach me Allah, don't give me Allah that's one in a million. It must be teaching me a standard, a standard scenario. That's Rav Huna, Abreder of Yeshua's Kasha. According to Nachbar Yitzhak, you're, you're going to have to explain the price to be the strange case. And I don't like that. Omar Lai, he says back to him, In, you should like it. And I'm still right. He's not backing out. And I want to tell you something. This is just an expression. Yeah? Is, uh, this is, uh, this is uh, an expression of the Malachim don't sleep, they stay near HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and you go to any quality yeshiva, they'll explain the Mishnah just like me. You're getting all bent out of shape. I know I'm right. Okay. So he's sticking to his guns. Rav does not like it at all. And Rav says, no, I know I'm right. Okay. He also Rav Huna breed Rav Yeshua. A little story. All right? When Rav Huna, the son of Rabbi Yeshua, came, top of Amud base, Omar, he said, Omar Krarashis, the Torah says that you should take from the Rashis, the first of the cut grains, Sheisharel, and he cut on the Israel. Meaning that whatever is left over, has to be uh, nikarin, it has to be recognizable liyasral to a yid. Okay? Meaning, once you separate shuma, um, it has to be a noticeable amount. It has to be noticeable. Yitzhah this excludes she'en she'ara nikarin. 
This excludes a case where it's not noticeable. Okay? Now, what does it mean it's not noticeable? How do you notice something? The difference is going to be when something was usher before Pesach because it became chametz dik by the growth, the maturity that it had in the ground. And now you separated Shuma from chametz on Pesach. So this is not called Nikarim Yisrael. Yisrael never had access to this. And Memela, um, uh, a person who separates Shuma from chametz on Pesach, whatever you separated did not become Shuma. Period. Okay. We're done. Done with that discussion now. Moving on to the next part of the discussion. Brand new discussion. Yosef Rabacha Breder Rababik made Rab Chisar Rachabar Abya was sitting for Rab Chisar. Yosef Amar Mishmeid Rab Yechna. And he said the name of Rab Yechna and Nav Shinitmu. If you have grapes that become tummy, Darkham Pachas Pachas Mika Beitza. What you should do is as follows um, You should uh, squeeze the grapes less than the size of a kibetza at one time. The Yenam Kashal in the and you're allowed to use it on the Mizbeach. Fascinating halach. Says Rashi. Here's why. Grapes become Tomei. However, liquid does not become Tomei by the shear of a Kezayis. It's the shear of a Kebetza. And therefore, even if the, the salad is Tomei, if you squeeze out less than the shear of a Kebetza, so now the juice never, uh, never gained the status of Toma, and I'm allowed to use it on the Mizbeach. I found you a loophole. Alma, you see, if this can be true, Kasavar Mashkin Mifgad Pekide, it must be that by the. Listen. Pause. I'm going to read again from this line, Alma. Let's explain something. Let's let's view it like this. Let's view it as follows. Meat and chicken has we'll call it wetness. At what point is, does that wetness become gravy? There's always wetness. In every body, in every entity of a human being, we have constantly, we have liquids throughout our body. So, right? There's blood, there's liquids, there's things flowing. When is something considered to be a gathering? And when is something considered to be part of the body? When do I view it? For example, in our mouths we have a gathering of saliva. In our bodies, there's fluids. Are those fluids bottled to, like, the flesh? Are they, do, do we consider them fluids, or do we consider them part of the flesh? Because here's the discussion when it comes to grapes. If grapes become tummy, what's this whole thing? Oh, squeeze it, less than a kibetza, and now it's juice, it's gavaldi. Why isn't the juice also tummy with the grape? 
what, what, when I look at that grape with juice in it, and I say that grape is tummy, does it apply to the juice in the grape or not? How do you view it? How does it work? When you shech the cow, a cow has a special compartment inside of its body that has milk. The way to release that milk is with the udder. But a cow has a gathering of milk, and then there's other fluids and other juices. So, to keep it simple and push it with that introduction, when I look at a grape, is this a grape and the liquid is part of a grape? If that's true, if the grape is tummy, the liquid's tummy. Or do I look at a grape and say, no, there's a solid part of the grape or there's a liquid part of the grape. And just because the solid grape is tummy does not mean the liquid part is tummy. Okay? Is that clear to everybody? How do you view the juice of a grape? As a chalik of the grape or as an entity in and of itself? That's going to be the discussion here. Let's go. Alma, you see from here. Kasavar mashkim mifkar pekidi. Rabbi Echina must hold that the juice inside of a grape is mifkar pekidi, is deposited there. It's a separate entity. It's a pekadim. It's a separate entity to the grape. Le'emas kamitame. So when does the juice become tame? If it's a separate entity inside the grape, when does it become tame? Le'chisachet lehu. Only once it gets pressed. Le'chisachet lehu leise the shiurit. And now that it's pressed and it doesn't have the, sh- the shear of a kibetza, so it's not tummy because there's not enough of a measurement. The Seder, if we would, let, let me just say this again. If juice is a chilek of the grape, it's tummy with the grape. This thing is squeezing out less than a, less than a kibetza, ain't going to help. The only way that you can come up with this concept of, oh, squeeze, you have tummy grapes, squeeze less than the kavitza. It must be that Rabbi Echidim is of the opinion, juice is not part of the grape. So just because the grape was tummy, it doesn't mean what's inside of it is tummy. Says Gemari Yochi, if that's true, kavitza nami. So then you should even be able to squeeze out a kavitza. Think about it. If the juice is not part of the grape, it's like a gathering. So why can't I just keep squeezing the grapes? Any juice that comes out is a different entity anyway. It's good kasha. Well, tonight we learned in the mission, tummy mace, shesachaz esivanov, you have a person who's tummy mace, who's pressing olives and grapes, kibetz mechuben, it's the hurt. Any juice that comes out is fine. So why are we limiting it to kibetz? It should be okay. Our answer is also the Avad. In that particular scenario, we're dealing with the guy already squeezed it. Okay? And Mamei Lor Bechanan saying, it's tart. And over here, Rabbi Echanan's dealing with where it wasn't done yet. When it's already done, we say, okay, Taka. Even if it's more, even if it's more, it's going to be tart because the bottom line is juice is separate than the grapes. However, over here we're saying lechatchila. Lechatchila, you shouldn't squeeze out a kibetza. Why? Because um, if a person does squeeze out too much and then it touches, so then you're gonna you're gonna have tzara. So He's just given like an eitzah type. Given eitzah type, he's given advice as to uh, to you know to keep things tar, make sure you don't squeeze out the size of a kibetza.
Omar le Rav Chista. Rav Chista says, Man sayis le Rav Yechen and Rabach. Who's going to uh, listen to you guys? V'chi tumah shevahem lehechen hola. I don't understand. If I were to eat the grapes with the juice inside, I would become Tameh. So, if you're telling me that once the juice is squeezed out, it's a new entity and it's Tahar, where'd that Tumah fly off to? In order to ask that question, for Chiz to ask the question, he must hold that juice is not a, a separate entity of a grape. Juice inside of a grape is a chalak of the grape. It's part of the kishkas of the grape. The kivan the itamule ochla itamule mashkin, and therefore, once the grape is tummy, the mashkin becomes tummy. Amar le, so he says back to Rav Chista. Okay, so Rav Chista has his point because Rav Chista must be of the opinion juice inside is considered the same entity; it's not a new entity. Amar le, so Rav Acha says back to him. One second, the mashkin Why don't you agree with me that juice is considered a separate entity? And I'll prove to you that juice is a separate entity. And we learned in the Mishnah, who's squeezing these things, the juice is going to be fine. Why is it fine? If it's one entity, it should become Tomei, right? If you hold like me, that the juice is not part of the grape or olive. And therefore, although the grape or olive are Tomei, the juice could remain tar, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense why it's still tar, because the juice is not part of the grape. But according to you, that the juice is like swallowed up throughout the entire grape. So, how? what does it help if a guy's tummy mace who's, who's pressing it, why isn't the tummy? As soon as he touch, touches the grapes, he's touching the juice. Amai tohar. Why is the juice going to be tar? It's a good riot to me. It must be it's gathered in one place. It's not throughout. So Amar he says back to him. Krista says, no, you're misunderstanding the Mishnah. What are we dealing with over here? We're dealing with grapes. These grapes themselves never became capable of becoming tummy. Remember, we learned earlier that Eichlin, food, can only become tummy when they come into contact with a liquid. So even a grape that has liquid inside of it is only capable of becoming tummy in the first place if a liquid touched the outside of the grape. So the Emas Viskashri. When did these grapes become capable of becoming tummy? The You're telling me it became tummy when he squeezed out the juice, so now it touched the juice. But when the juice came out, the juice was less than the shear of a kibetza, and it still can't, uh, the juice can't become tummy, and therefore the, the, the grape can't be tummy. And if you don't, say, and if you, you don't explain that that's the case of, of uh, how the grape where the liquid came from. He's trying to ask him, this grape, how did it become tummy? In order to become tummy, it needs to have touched the liquid. It can't be we're talking about the liquid that's squeezed out of it. And if you're not going to say it, what is our original case of the Mishnah similar to the Trumas Tusim Anom Shanitma? Berries and grapes that became tummy. Where the Kayan didn't have a, he wasn't allowed. To eat it, he wasn't allowed to burn it. According to you, he should be able to eat it. I'll tell you how to eat it. Uh, press out less than the, the shear of a kibetza. This thing never became capable of becoming Tomei in the first place. And why are we saying, oh, the Kayan can't eat it, the Kayan can't burn it? I'll tell you what he should do. 
the kain should just press it. No, we don't even allow the kain to eat these fruits because he may come through a takala. Itaka may come to squeeze out the proper amount and come to an avera. Abaye says back, Are we taka concerned that the kayan is going to come to make these grapes? Tame, if he squeezes it in the, in, uh, more than the shir of a kibetza. But Tani, we learned in Abaye, The kayan is allowed to use um, uh, bread or oil of chuma that became tame to burn. He's allowed to get benefit from it in that way. And Mamela, we see that here's the question. Remember earlier, remember we had a discussion about um, Yayin Nesach. Um, whether you're allowed to keep it, am I allowed to keep it in my house and use it as air freshener? Or are we concerned, remember that, that uh, to use it as a uh, uh, air freshener, a, a smelling thing. Right? Forgot what it's called now. Um, an air freshener. Right? So we had, a, we had a whole discussion whether you're allowed to keep something that's usher in your house to use it for as an air freshener or maybe the, the guy might come to drink it. At a certain point, there's a, greater, there's a greater risk that even though I intend for it to be an air freshener, a taco may come to drink it. So over here as well, says the Gemara, that it's exactly that it might come to a to a takala and the Gemara is bothered. Why are you make a gzir that it might come to a takala if we know koihanim if they receive something that's toma tame they're allowed to use let's say oil that became truma oil that became tame they're allowed to use it as their fire where uh, uh, to burn in their lamp. We're not concerned that the kayan may come to use the oil for his food. So we obviously uh, we're not concerned about takala. Amarle says back to him. No, the halacha of bread is that if you want to keep it in your house, you want to keep it around, you got to make it um, un- uh, inedible. It has to be, you have to do something to the bread that's going to ensure that it's actually not eaten. Uh, and that's why you're allowed to keep it around. Otherwise, it would come to a takala. And shemen shal truma as well. Rami lei beklimai shemen shal truma as well. We're going to tell the guy, oh, you can hold on to your, we'll tell the kai, and you can hold on to your tummy chuma, but put in a clean mice, put in something disgusting, and therefore, it's, the, there's no chance that it's going to come to a takala. There's no chance it's going to come to a takala. And taka, we are concerned. We're concerned that, uh, that if a person separates shuma and that, or anything that could become tummy, we don't let you uh, leave it around your house and hold on to it because the Rabbanan did make a takana due to the concern of a person misusing it. And uh, we're up to the word gufa, and Bezham tomorrow we're going to focus on this idea. Gufa is going to focus on um, when Truma became Tomei, when Truma becomes Tomei, what is the halacha of me holding on to it, benefiting from it in other, in, in other ways where I know I'm not going to come to eat it. What exactly needs to be done that allows me to keep it in my possession?